0: I get my video good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Donkey Kong Artist Podcast. Uh, we have been on a—it's a brief hiatus, at the long hiatus. Either way you look at it, it's been a hiatus. But we are back, and we are happy about it. Uh, I am Patrick Shanley. And I am joined by my best friend and co-host, Edmund Arnold. Eddie, how have you been over this uh, this little break that we had?
0: It's a reboot. We're rebooting the podcast. I love it. It's good. I'm doing well. I'm doing real well. I had a lot of time to play games. Just, I don't know. It's been a long time. I'm glad to be back. It's just, I've been playing a lot of games, though. It's kind of ridiculous. So many
1: games have come out in the time that we have uh, talked last. Not spoken last, but last time we've, we've been on a podcast together last. Uh, pretty much every big game of this year, excluding the early ones from earlier, uh have come out in the span of us being on hiatus um in there we've had spider-man we've had red dead redemptions come out we've had uh smash brothers just came out mm-hmm. we've had um assassin's creed odyssey came out we had um just cause know.
0: 4 if you're into that type of stuff
1: are you into just cause 4 can i ask you i that? am i
0: am yeah it's this game was kind of a disappointment to me I'm, I'm still trying to open it up a little bit, but yeah, I, I am a Just Cause 4 fan.
1: So I went to the Just Cause – oh my god, I'm already immediately just going to sound like a douche. But mm. I went to Just Cause 4 like, launch event, <clears throat> and I got my hands on the game a little bit before it came out. The problem was is that I was reviewing Red Dead Redemption when I went to that, or I had just wrapped up my review of Red Dead. And it's – like you cannot go from Red Dead to other games. Not to say that Red Dead's the best game ever made. I'm just saying the way it looks – you cannot go to another game afterwards.
0: Absolutely, and that was my problem with Just Cause Four because Just Cause Four looks rough. There's a lot; it's a really rough game to look at, and especially when you're going from just like the amazing weather effects and the, just the way that Red Dead Redemption looks, com- and, and comparing, and even going from that in Assassin's Creed to Just Cause Four, it was it was a rough ride. It was a rough ride indeed.
1: Let me tell you this too. Sorry to just go on Just Cause Four, but I'm interested because you enjoy it. A, I'm not a fan of the franchise. I'm not against the franchise as if never played it before. Um, But when I started playing it, I thought it'd be like a big physics sandbox and it sort of is, but I got bored in like 45 minutes into that game.
0: I think it's one of those games where you have to get more into it and unlock more of the upgrades, especially when you're getting into like launching balloons onto cars and launching them in the air and just connecting different, like linking the different cars together to create just basically trains that are on balloons that are flying in the air and just different chaotic events like that. Yeah, I'm pretty stupid to do all that. It's just, it's chaos. I play this game like I go into a Saints Row. I'm not looking into it for a deep story. I'm not looking into it. I'm just looking into it to turn off my brain for a while.
1: Yeah, well, it definitely succeeds in that category.
0: Yeah, because you don't have to think about it at all.
1: Yeah, Rico is not really the deepest character that's ever been put into video games. And the franchise is not that deep of a
0: franchise. It's like, let's go help these third world countries that are being run by a Despo. And then we go in and blow stuff up Cause chaos, inspire people. I mean, it's just run of the mill. Yeah, it's the predator approach to video games. And this game is just not. <laughs> this game is just not setting itself any differently than just Cause Three. I haven't put that much time into it. I'll probably come back in a little a couple weeks because there's just so much to play right now, and I'm trying to get through Red Dead Redemption Two, which is starting to feel like a chore at this point. So, oh, you finished it? No, I haven't finished it yet. I'm on the last chapter.
1: Oh, God. It I'm is not even in that. on.
0: Oh, gosh, and it it's just feels like a – like I said, it feels like a chore at this point because it's just like let's do these story mode. Let's do these story missions, but then let's put these side missions on the other side of the map. <laughs> and uh, it's just uh, – it's, it's a hard game, to, it's, it's hard game to get into right now.
1: So we haven't done a real like Red Dead Redemption like spoiler cast. Um, uh, let me preface this before in case anyone hasn't gotten that far into the story before I even ask you this question. So there might be spoilers here based on where Eddie is. Can I just ask you where you are in the story of the
0: game? I I basically know – thanks to my wonderful students at the school that I I work at. um, I basically know everything that happens, I think. But I got – I'm basically at the point where the – what's her name? The Red – Molly O'Shea just got – and this is spoilers – just got shot because you find out that she just – no, I actually just got John Marston out of jail. I just did that mission. Oh, God, you have so much more to uh, go. I feel like I have a lot to go. I, and, and it's, The story beats are getting interesting because you can kind of see Dutch Vanderlyn unraveling. Oh, yeah. So that's been interesting. You can kind of see, like, Micah Bell is starting to set you up. Um, The, the whole camp, the whole attitude around the camp is just
1: dismal at this point. It's just, game- man, I... Man, oh it's it's long it's a long game yeah. and it was oh my god to review this game was by far the hardest thing i've had to do because I, I don't know if people know this to, to review a game you want to beat it right in order to give your full thoughts on it but with a game like this there's way too much content you cannot possibly do it in the time that they give you to do it so you try and at least bust through this story and this game was so long i mean like i was staying up late i was you know playing it As soon as I got home from work until like I went to bed, waking up early to play before I went to work just to try and get through the story alone in this game. And now I'm replaying it and kind of just taking my time and like enjoying the game the way a normal person would play a video game. But the story of this game, and I'll be interested to talk to you when you finish it, is by far and away the best story of any video game I've ever seen. It might be the best story in any medium this year, I think. It's the one that affected me the most and really like I lived with it for a couple weeks. This game is phenomenal. I really love it. I know that you, however, when the game awards happened a couple of weeks ago, you were on Team God of War. I was on Team God of War, and I I do love
0: Red Dead Redemption Two. I do think it's a fantastic story. I don't think it's groundbreaking by any means necessary. I think if you, like, I think if you like westerns, you've seen this story before. Um, yeah. uh, I I just kind of I just don't think it's doing much. And I have – so, okay, let me ask you. When you played it, did you play side missions or did you just go through the story?
1: No, I did some side missions. I tried to do as many as I could. But as I got farther and farther in the game and my deadline kept crouching up closer and closer, the last like – I'd say 25, maybe even 30% of the story I just burned through to try and get to the ending so I knew what it was.
0: Okay, so this might be nitpicking a little bit, but you call this a masterpiece, so I have to call you out on this. But masterpieces don't do this. So I'm playing this game – at a rate where I'm trying to complete all the side missions at a point where I'm, I'm staying up to this with the story. So there's a point in this game where I didn't do the mayor missions because they're in uh Lemoyne. And if you haven't played Red Dead Redemption, if you're one of the like five people in the world that have a PlayStation that are one of these mm-hmm. consoles that haven't played Red Dead Redemption, this map is big and Lemoyne is at the very bottom of this map. So te- essentially I, the mayor missions only happen at night. So you have to be in Lemoyne at night for this mayor mission. So I skipped over them. So I'm at the point where John or what's his name? Arthur Morgan is dying and you're getting all the side missions that are basically letting you redeem yourself essentially. And it seems very ham fisted because they're all chef at the end and they all give you a moral um, choice now where you basically can redeem yourself and look like a bad person, a good, better person before you die. So I did this mission last night and this is spoilers where I, and saving this woman whose husband you kill basically and she becomes a lady of the night essentially you save her husband you save her son who's working in a mine you go and you save her so i do this big long thing i give the money i'm like go ahead run away don't i'm not a good person but, but i will do this last thing in order to redeem myself and then i go down to the mayor and the mayor asks me to basically stronghold a person to give them land for something so i'm holding this person outside of a carriage threatening to kill them while I just helped this woman escape from her, the, her life of peril, so that completely removed me from the story. So I, I, I'm having issues with things like that, and it, and it's been a in another example it is with Jack. When Jack was kidnapped, and I went after Jack was kidnapped, I went and I hunted for a good two weeks in the game and then i was like maybe i should go get jack now so it's just things like that that kind of pulled me out narratively i think this game would have worked better if it was more on the rails adventure if that
1: makes any yeah, sense yeah but not what the game is so like sure you can say that that like the time spent away from the main mission makes it less immersive uh, to what the story is but you also got to factor in the fact that like b that's what red dead is so we're going into it knowing that it's an open world game and you get to go around and do whatever you want whenever you want to do it that said, it's sort of like in a Final Fantasy game, like, when I'm I – I can like the story even though, like, I'm fighting monsters that are as big as a skyscraper with a blitz ball. Like, I'm throwing a volleyball at a dragon that is 7,000 years old and killing it with my cantaloupe guy. <laughs> like, I can I – can, that can exist outside of the story that it's trying to tell. However, what you did say about Arthur Morgan, A, he's not a stereotype at all of what a Western – character is in fact he's a complete destruction or deconstruction of what a western character is and when you get farther in the game you will understand that and then b his mortality is a huge part of what spurs him to be a different person but you also have to figure this was a guy who's been an outlaw since he was 12 years old and so it's not he's not a good person and i think people are trying to come at it from a place where oh why is it like arthur morgan acts good sometimes but isn't good he's not a good person he just tries to be the best person he can be based on what his life already is. That's why he doesn't leave Dutch.
0: And I'm not saying – no, I'm not saying that um, these missions are bad for the character development. I'm just saying that this mission, they, they should have locked the mayor missions. Do you get what I'm saying? Like they should have locked the mayor missions yeah. after
1: uh, chapter honor three. Under-
0: it, Yeah, or like once you got to a certain honor, they should have locked the mission. And I understand that it's an open-world game. they didn't want to do that, but it's right. just – The way I'm playing Arthur, I'm playing it in the way that I think the game wants me to play, where I was kind of playing it as an ambiguous hero in the beginning, where I was doing a lot of morally bad stuff. But then after I got the tuberculosis um, diagnosis, then I started making these better decisions. Um, And actually, before that, I started making these decisions when I started seeing Dutch kind of going off the rails. So in that case, but it's just these like little things that the game does. Essentially, with the side missions and with the things outside of the main story, I just think I wish they would have did more with the side mission to immerse you more into the main story. If that makes if that makes any sense,
1: it does. I think it goes back, and this is why this year's got a, a game of the year conversation is so interesting. Uh, I can't really think of another one like this. Because the games that are the it's really it's a two horse race and anyone who says Spider Man is in the same conversation I'm sorry Spider Man's great I really enjoyed it but it's nothing compared to God of War and Red Dead and you are insane if you compare those games. Um, that being said, God of War is a really 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 different game than Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead is aimed at a much larger audience. Red Dead is already part of an established franchise and I know God of War is too, but Red Dead is not a reinvention of that franchise. Mm-hmm. It's still an open world, it still has to be a sandbox that you play in and can be fun in it. But it's also trying to tell this very adult story with a lot of machinations happening in it. God of War is something, it's on the rails the whole time. I mean, it never even cuts the camera the whole time. It's just one shot all the way through and it works beautifully. And I also want to say that I did call God of War a masterpiece and I stand by that cuz it is a masterpiece. There were two this year. Those games, both of those games are masterpiece narratively, gameplay-wise. And just the overall experience that they delivered and, like, the emotion that they poured into the games, both games, just floored me how good they were. I mean, more than, like, uh, finally, and I don't even want to say this because it's is stupid. I've always thought that games, uh, narratively, were as good as movies and television and novels. But these two games really, I mean, elevated the entire genre of video games, storytelling-wise. They were phenomenal games.
0: God of War, yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with you on God of War. Red Dead Redemption, I got, I have to beat it still. Uh, and I disagree with you on having only these two games for the God uh, game of the year. I think you have to throw in Monster Hunter World there, especially since we're Monster uh, Hunter, especially where since yeah. where Monster Hunter is coming from and what Monster Hunter has done this year, where it's basically taken Western audiences and it's made them interested in a game that was largely developed for Japanese audiences. And I don't think you
1: understand how hard that is to do. Um, is that hilarious? It's basically just like HD Pokemon. <laughs> Or, like, grown-up Pokemon? Is it? Is it not?
0: You know, How in any way po- is Pokemon? Pokemon, you're capturing monsters in order to battle them against each other. Monster Hunter, you're basically destroying things to build to build armor to take on more things. I think Monster Hunter is its own thing. I, I don't think it can be compared to anything because I don't think we've ever played anything like Monster Hunter. And I don't think anything's ever been made to emulate Monster Hunter well. I, I know that game Dauntless has tried it, but it doesn't even come close and and that's why and we're getting into our game of the year chats is um
1: way too sure. early but um i, I well let me i'm sorry i don't want to just because we're going to do an entire game of the year mm-hmm. episode but i just want to ask you because i'm surprised i'm not surprised you said that because i know you and i know that you love monster hunter but take off your fan hat and look at them like as somebody like take a step back do you really think that it did as much as a game like Red Dead and God of War yeah i did uh yes i did and especially I stand by that argument. I I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to get to the crux of it. And I'm also
0: saying you're I, wrong. I think because what I'm saying <laughs> with what how well it sold with Monster Hunter, how, what it did for Western audiences, for people that you didn't think would ever enjoy a Monster Hunter. For example, Colin, who's on this podcast a lot, Colin's like a Call of Duty type player. He's a first person shooter guy. And for him to open to be open and to put that many hours, of the Monster Hunter is a big thing. I think God of War for what it did for what it was on the PlayStation, for what it was on the PlayStation 2, for it to completely revamp the franchise, for it to t- tell such a great mature story, for it to wind up the way it did. Cause I think I still think that God of War had one of the best endings in video game history. The way it was oh able God, to okay. like to tie up everything, the way the music queued in. I think all that narratively was done very well. I think narratively is one of the best games I've ever seen compared to Last of Us. I think it's right up there. Um, uh, red dead redemption i just there's a lot of problems in red dead redemption that hold me back from calling it a game putting it on my top two of the year for example the controls in red dead redemption are abysmal i just i mean we're basically playing on the same engine that we've been playing on since grand theft auto 4 the shooting doesn't feel good not no not graphically but just dude, you're gonna sit there and tell me that walking in red dead redemption feels good
1: no, I'm definitely not going to do that, especially in the camp. And there were certain times where I kind of like I didn't soft lock the game, but like I would fail a mission because my horse hit a tree and got stuck when I was like driving a wagon. So, so like so yeah. I know, I don't I
0: don't disagree with you. I do. Like agree things with you. like that just and and you know, and that's that's the game, right? Like movement is a big part of that game because you're walking around for hours and hours and hours. So things like that makes me hold me back. Like God of War, I had no issues with those controls in that game. Throwing that axe in that game felt amazing. The, the controls in God of War are unbelievable. That action. Yeah, that, and that's why – and just everything about God of War from the graphics, from head to toe, that game was phenomenal. So Monster Hunter, the only problem I have with Monster Hunter is the multiplayer. Other than that, Monster Hunter was a very well-polished game. Red Dead Redemption, there was a lot – it was a good – don't get me right, a strong game, narratively strong. It's doing stuff in the sandbox that I've never seen before. It's just, it has a lot of cracks at it. There's a lot of cracks to that masterpiece. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's a masterpiece. Yeah, no,
1: that's a fair that, that's, Those are fair complaints. The thing is that we're spoiled this year with games. And I'm saying that after last year, which I thought was unbelievable for games. Uh, and then this year was, I don't know. I, I think this year was better than last year. There were so many great games this year that just blew me away. And so many of them were on PlayStation. <laughs> and
0: I th- I'm i going to disagree with you. Uh, no, I agree with you. I think we had a lot of great games this year. I think quality-wise, we had a lot – we had more better – we had <laughs> more better. We had a lot more games more. came out of higher quality, but the quality this year was top-notch. We had a lot of 10s that came out this year. We had a lot of, like, yeah. high 9s that came out this year. So and – and I feel like every AAA game – well, not every. Maybe 80% of the AAA games that were released this year – they knocked it out of the park, whereas last year, we had a lot of duds last year.
1: Yeah. If your company is not named Bethesda, you probably had a pretty great year. Oh, if you were Jesus, play, Mary and Joseph. What happened with that? I don't uh, – to we'll do this later in the podcast, but whatever. Let's do it now uh, because it's old news at this point. Look, Bethesda is a company that I like mostly, I guess. Skyrim is one of my favorite games of all time ever, like hands down. I love Skyrim a lot. I, and I know a lot of people, as time goes on, like, oh, Skyrim was really that deep, and like, it really wasn't yeah. that immersive. You know what, whatever, yeah. shut up. Like, I enjoyed it. I spent like 300 hours in that game like a dork. Uh, I love that game. I've never been huge on the Fallout series. Uh, I just never appealed to me. I don't really care about post-apocalyptic stuff. Oh, you're But crazy. yeah, I know, and people say that too. I know that it's a really popular franchise, and a lot of people love it. As soon as they announced this game at E3, and I was in the audience when it happened, I was like, this is stupid. This looks you're not stupid. the only one. <laughs> I know. And then it came out, and guess what? It was stupid, and not only stupid, broken, and like half baked, and everything about the- it was just a new controversy every single couple days with this game. It's insane. How could a company this big it, it drop the ball? Makes, this hard?
0: I have to think that they're putting this out because this is where they think that where the next Fallout's going, where they're going to actually have a story into it, and they're going to actually have. You know what makes Fallout Fallout into it? I just think this was some type of beta for them. I, I look. I'm a big Fallout fan. I'm a big Fallout stand. I love Bethesda with all my heart. I went and bought, bought Fallout 76 when it, as soon as it went on sale, which was after a week. I went and bought it.
1: Did you buy the power armor
0: version? No, I bought the forty dollar version because I <laughs> knew it was going to be bad. I went into it knowing it was going to be bad, and I was still disappointed. So it, that's, it, that's it's yeah. just. <laughs> It's all the Fallout maintenance, but it's like, you know, with the, um, you can't carry too much. You can't carry too much or you can't, you know, you're over encumbered, which means you can't sprint or your stamina goes down while you're sprinting. And there was just too much maintenance to do in that game. And I didn't care about it enough. Like, I could do that type of maintenance if, when you gave me Fallout New Vegas, I could do that type of maintenance with Fallout 4. I put over 200 hours in Fallout 4. So I, I don't know what, the company's mindset was behind this. and it may. It's still early, so they could still build on it, but I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. But well, I don't know. I have, dude. I don't. This is the biggest question mark of the year for me.
1: It also seems like why would you even bother? I would just wash my hands of it if I was Bethesda at this point. Like just move on because you have Rage Two coming out in like a couple months anyway. Just like whatever, just chalk it up to. Todd Howard being a crazy person, and then just move on. It's just strange to me because they don't make mistakes like this. Have they? Have they? Well, I mean, it wasn't super popular was it? it wasn't that it was, I mean, it was, but it wasn't. I a think a lot, a lot
0: of uh, Fallout Four fans were upset about it. Yeah,
1: maybe they're just kind of over the Fallout thing, and they should move <laughs> on to one of their seven. I don't, I don't think they're over it. I just think this was. <laughs> I don't want to – was
0: it a money grab? Because even there – what was that big controversy about the canvas bags?
1: Oh, God. That's so funny. Sorry. sorry. People were pissed off. But like the Power Armor Edition, which I got, by the way, and all full disclosure so people know. Um, Anyway, this Fallout – it was the Power Armor Edition I think is what it was called. It was like a $300 set, which by the way, nobody was buying it for the canvas bag. They bought it because it came with a kick-ass helmet, which is rad, by the way. That helmet kicks ass. It's sitting on my desk right now. Mm. Um. But it said it came with a canvas bag, and instead it came with a nylon. Dang bag. it! And right, yeah, oh bastards. Which, whatever. I mean, like it's funny, but somebody wrote into the customer helpline, and they're like, "Oh man, that does suck." And like that was their <laughs> response. Basically, they're like, "We have no plans of fixing this." And then it blew up, and they had to apologize and like issue like their first issue an apology was to give you in game credit, which is any company that does that is so stupid and like completely off base. Like why would anyone want that for real money? Uh, and then that got <laughs> justifiably people up in an uproar. So then they decided to actually refund people and that's where we are now. But the whole thing was just, it couldn't have been any stupider. It's like living inside. We live in the stupid timeline, yeah, basically. Like, everything in the world is I do agree idiot. with that. I get, I, I wouldn't, you know, I would have been mad. I can't lie
0: if I paid for something and didn't get what I paid for. Cause this yeah. is America. And by gone it, if I don't get what I paid for, I'm going to rage. Um, But I, oh, I it's just, man.
1: <laughs> it's just so bad. I, I you, have dude. no
0: comment. I just can't. I because I don't, I don't want people to get upset. But I'm just like, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Yeah, you know what though. And so I thought Rage Two looked pretty stupid um, when I first saw it. Yeah. When I, when they first released it or the first trailer right before E3, I was like, well, what the hell is this? It looks like a pink version of <laughs> Mad Max. But the more I'm seeing of that game, the more I'm actually like, I kind of want to play that game. It looks red. Yeah,
0: yeah, I definitely want to play it after seeing that Fallout New Order or Fallout post-apocalyptic oh. trailer, which is basically Rage 2.5. Uh, that so, game looks not great. Uh, the The dogs can be in the car now, though
1: so i'm so over fallout and i i hate to say that but dude it's the same game every single time and you want to talk about clunky controls and like the difference between their open world and something like a red dead's open world it just i am not a fan of fallout it's not a great series um fallout 3 was great that was
0: it i'm I'm not i'm not a far cry i'm not whatever about this far cry um i just made a joke but it just seems like this is – they saw Rage 2. They're like, hey, that looks really good. We, I, should we, that- we should make that game. It's exactly what they did. And they just like, let's make a color for a post-apocalyptic game because there's so many of them now. So we got to yeah, put some colors here. Ugh. But Rage 2 looks like – I don't want to – Rage 2 looks good. Rage i to put together because I'm stoked about Rage 2. I'm laughing at Fallout. I just want to throw that boomerang. And Far Cry, and yeah. it's Far Cry. You keep saying Fallout. Um, hey, what you know I- what? <laughs> We're talking about Fallout and Far Cry. You keep I'm saying just,
1: Fallout. I'm excited for Rage too. That's what I'm, That's the game I'm excited for. All you, the other
0: ones, screw them. Yeah, you hate Far Cry and Fallout so much, you they're interchangeable to you. You're just like exactly. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's
1: sadly how my brain works. Yeah, I love Actually, Fallout. That's why, I,
0: and I love Far Cry. But man. I'm so oh. sick of post-apocalyptic games.
1: Me too. Can we just move on? Same with zombie games. And then like, what is it? Days Gone? Is that what's coming up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, looks great. It, it looks like decent. I just. uh uh-uh. No, it's it does sort not. Of, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> no, whatever. it does not. DOA, I'm calling. I don't like mushrooms. Yeah, might be. I don't like mushrooms. If somebody made like the best mushroom omelet in the world. Great. I appreciate you for making it. I'm sure it tastes good. I don't want to, I don't like mushrooms. And that's how I feel about zombies. I'm just, I don't care about zombies. They're stupid.
0: Yeah. I I don't play Call of Duty zombies. So.
1: I did like the Call of Duty zombies. I just played it the other day. (laughs)
0: Uh, I haven't, I haven't played this one. I might get into it one day, but who cares? But no, no more zombie games. No more post-apocalyptic.
1: That's it. A kibosh on all of those. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We got, I wrote down topics and we've just like covered all of them and Jumping all over the place. I want to go back to the Game Awards because a couple things about the Game Awards. A, um, I thought it was a huge step up this year in terms of the quality, in terms of the spectacle, in terms of the entire event itself from last year. Uh, and that reflected in the ratings for this. It doubled over last year, which had tripled from the year before. <laughs> Recording streaming numbers is a little weird. And it's not like it's apples to oranges with regular broadcast TV. But I got 26 and a half million viewers. For the Game Awards?
0: Okay. That's how insane. Do, how do they count those up? So if I'm streaming from YouTube and Twitter, from both of my, do, they, do I, am I double dipping? Like, how, how I wish, do they count that? I
1: wish I could answer that question for you. Okay. I cannot answer the question. All right. All I right. asked that question, but I don't know the answer to it. Okay. Okay. It's super confusing. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, it does, I guess, if I was an investor. But the point is, is that it's growing and it's growing quite a bit. And even before the awards, like, it was kind of, you could feel it was going to be a big night because there was a lot of buzz around it, you know? It's the new E3. Kind of, dude. I mean, like, what, it was like 12 premieres of stuff? Yeah. And, like, it was It was cool. It was an awesome night. It was really cool to see all three of the um, uh, the consoles, uh, the heads of the console departments up on the stage at the same time. That was really neat. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It, it was
0: a couple, Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. It, it feels like an award show. Now, yeah, yeah, it it feels like an award show now. Now, let me ask you, because you were there, what is it? A bunch of people in like Spider Man t shirts and shorts, khaki shorts with like some with some hat trekker hats. Like, do people dress up for this thing? Like, what's it look like? More
1: so this year than last year. Last year was one hundred percent those people, and it was it was weird being in the Microsoft Theater because like you could sit anywhere you wanted. It wasn't even close to full. And this year, like there was somebody in my seat when I walked up to it. I had to sit somewhere else. How dare they! No, they're like, "Do you know who I am?" Jesus, who are mm-hmm. they? Who are you they? Never heard of about our <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, "No, who are you? Stop screaming at my child!" Uh, but no, this year was like a lot more, a lot less khaki cargo shorts. This okay. year, there were definitely no. still some cargo shorts, and there was a guy in a blue fox costume that won an award. But I like it him. was.
0: I like that guy. Yeah,
1: whatever. Yeah, wear a fox costume. I don't care. Um, it was. It was a it was a step up all the way across the board. So it was a lot classier. I hate to use that word, but it was more of a like a dress up event this year than it was last year.
0: Yeah, and if you're an esports player, you have to wear your costume, right? And the 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 fox thing is that's his that's his uniform, right?
1: Dude, if you're famous for dressing up as a blue fox and you show up wearing like a Gucci suit, you're an asshole, frankly. Yeah, like, yeah. you gotta dress up as a blue fox.
0: Yeah, just do what you gotta do. And I I enjoyed that so. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm just curious because it from where I was watching, streaming it from my Google Chrome device from my living room, it felt <laughs> like it was a lot fancier.
1: Yeah, well it did. It felt a lot fancier. It was just a, it was a bigger night. Um and I also gotta say, in the room, everyone was God of War fans. Like it got the biggest cheers, people wanted God of War to win bad Yeah, because no one wanted Red Dead Redemption to win that many awards. I think so, and at the beginning, people forget this, but it went four for four for the first four yeah. awards it was nominated, and we were like, "Oh, dude, it's going to sweep everything!" And, and every- it, yeah, it did not happen. The Twitter spheres were really upset about that,
0: um, especially with a year like this. I and I, you know, I get it. You got to you want to do the the thing where you, you represent a powerhouse. Red Dead Redemption right. was essentially the Oscar winner this year, so but. I don't know. I don't know if that's the precedent you want to set. It's voted on by critics, right?
1: Well, it's both. So yeah, I'm part of like, there's a committee, right? Like there's a group of judges and we all vote and we, we come up with the categories too. So who get, not the categories, who's nominated in the categories. Jeff comes up with the categories um, and then mails them out. I guess I can tell us say all this, like who cares? Um, And then I don't know how it breaks down, like who actually ends up winning because fans can vote too. So I don't know if it's all fan voting or if it's weighted, like judges votes count more or whatever the hell. Uh, mine should count the most, I guess. Um, But whatever it was, God of War won regardless. So it was surprising to me, and it seemed to surprise people there, even the God of War team. I think everyone thought Red Dead was going to win. And it was really cool. I don't know. It was weird. I wanted Red Dead to win, even though I loved God of War so, so, so. so much. I still love God of War so, 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 so much. Well, I also love the people who made God of War. Awesome. Well, Red like, Dead love- so... Yeah, it was fine. It was a good mixture of people. I was happy that Roger Clark, the guy who voices Arthur Morgan, won because mm. his performance unbelievable.
0: All those performances this year were unbelievable. That was that category to me was like stacked. When I saw so stacked, people forget about Brian Deckert too from Detroit State Human. He was the one shining Parker. star of that, and Yuri Lauren though was essentially one yes. of my favorite Peter Parkers besides the two Peter Parkers that are in Spider Verse, um, right. And even yeah. Milasanti Mahat, I don't know if that's how you say it. She did a great job as Cassandra because Cassandra is probably going to win my character of the year.
1: So, really? Wow.
0: I like Cassandra. You're probably going to give it to Arthur Morgan. I don't want to give it all to Arthur Morgan. I loved Arthur Morgan, but mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed Cassandra. She was just a snarky, just yeah, don't I, take any shit type
1: character that I like. I fast and sweet, so. mm-hmm. yeah Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Let me sip my tea here mm whatever it was a it was a big night it was a lot of surprises. I'm glad that the people won who won it's just I don't know it's fun to me to like um see the way it resonated uh, you know in my own office too, which is you know where Hollywood and people were like asking me about it was hilarious to me like people that the fact that people even know what video games are in my office sometimes makes me laugh.
0: They're getting bigger, you know. Um, especially, and I think this is the this is the marquee Game Awards show. This is going to be like the Oscars of the Game Awards because it seems like we're getting a lot. They had some CBS, what was it, the Gamer Choice Awards, which is terrible. But that was on yeah. the Monday after. Two nights after. Yeah, so you know we're we're seeing more. We're seeing more.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it's cool to watch what uh, Jeff Keely built with this because I think he did it the right way, and I think he did it in a way that. Nobody else really would have done it. They probably would have sold it to broadcast television after like the second year it started to grow. It's still early. But it's like it's his. I know and he might, but I don't know. I've, I've met Jeff multiple times over the last year probably. I think I met him when God of War first came out. Um, and A, I'll say that he is one of my favorite people in this industry and like really helped me to get to where I even am right now is a big part due to Jeff Keighley and how just supportive he's been. Um, and then B, he just loves video games. And like you can tell when you speak to him, he's not faking it. He really just loves video games. So it's nice to have somebody like that at the helm of something like he's that. He's been doing it for a long time. And, and you know, and it's
0: it and you can tell there's love for it because that show there it was all video games. The show was all video
1: games, and the music was all video game music. So well, the music, by the way, was the best part of that entire show. I was like blown away. When they sang uh, may I stand unbroken from Red oh, Dead? I was um, like,
0: oh my god, yeah, that song is so amazing. That's by the awesome. way, that's yeah, that is so good. I listen to him, like twice a week and cry. Well, you well, you should. That moment, that's probably right. as you should. Well, I do yeah, as you should.
1: <laughs> so. A lot of onions in my house being cut, but yeah, good show, good show. Yeah, it was good stuff. I'm glad. I'm glad people liked it. I liked it. It was a, it was a good time. Um. Other things that have happened in the game uh sphere recently is the continuation of classic consoles being rolled out. And uh, I wanted the PlayStation Classic to be great. Garbage. I really did. And I wanted it. It's not Garbage. good? <laughs> is that how I would describe it? It didn't even come with a power source. I had to use my cell phone charger to plug well, it in the wall. Didn't the emulator the run
0: terribly, too? Like all, None of the games played the way they were supposed to play, I heard
1: some of them did some of them didn't but again i yeah, this is based on my memory dude like i don't remember what it was like to play i, I didn't buy that nonsense i'm over i'm
0: over this craze like give us a nintendo 64 uh, yeah, and then bury it bury it
1: they're not gonna well maybe they will they might i spoke to um uh i i got to meet reggie from nintendo uh a couple weeks ago which was super surreal by the way like that was really strange Every time I talk to somebody who's like really big and important, I'm always just like, I don't know, I'm from Reno, dude. I'm like, I'm not sure why I'm talking to you. And I always feel like they think I'm a phony, like I shouldn't be there. You you pay the cost to be the boss,
0: my friend. You pay the cost uh, to be the
1: boss. Anyway, I asked him point blank if they were going to make, you know, an S64 mini or classic, whatever the hell, because I want one. And he was shady about it. Uh so I don't know maybe we will but he did not seem like they were going to do one. I think the exact answer he gave me was like we have no plans to do any more classic consoles at least in the North America. So maybe in Japan and you can get a Japanese N64. I would pay anything for that by the way. I love the N64.
0: So be it. You pay all you want for that garbage system. <laughs>
1: I'm glad you're still negative about everything. Yeah, well,
0: the only thing I would want is a Dreamcast Mini. It doesn't look like I'm getting that, so I don't care about any of the other ones.
1: All uh, right, you got the next best thing. You got a Sega Classics, which brings pretty much no games that anyone's even ever heard of back. What's on the Sega Classic? Right off oh, to some of these games. I'm going to list in front of me. Uh, off the top of my head, there's Gunstar Heroes. There's, a, what is it, Beastmaster or something like that? I Beastmaster. Is that what it's called? It, yeah. Basically, it's a, deer, a worn cloth and a bear. Okay. Uh, <laughs> There's that. There's um, some dumb racing games that are terrible. It, uh, all these games suck. The thing about the Sega Genesis was is that it was garbage. And Comic people Zone forget
0: did not suck. That's Wait, which one? Comic Zone did not suck. Comic Zone
1: was dope. Do you remember Comic I remember Zone? I remember Toe Jam and Earl, and I remember uh, a port of Earthworm Jam, which I think was also on the Nintendo, and I remember Sonic. And the only thing that's worth playing is Sonic. Uh, Streets has- of Rage, dude. Streets of Rage are a good game too. It has Streets of Rage on there too, but Streets okay. of Rage is better in like an arcade It's just, it's just Double Dragon reskinned. Yeah, true, true. I'll give you that. I'll that said, you. it is really cool that Sega didn't do it just as a console, and they did it uh through Amazon Fire TV. So if you have an Amazon Fire TV, it's fifteen dollars, and you get like what is it? I think it's twenty five Sega games. What do you um, play this thing on though? Do you I gotta can buy- it on? You can literally play it on the remote that comes with the Fire TV, and it's not as bad as it sounds, and I can't even believe I'm saying that, but like it works all right. I got uh, a Bluetooth controller that they sent to me, and I got to play with that, so it worked like way better. But still, I've played it sometimes when I'm bored, like I'm just sitting there with my remote watching Hulu. I'll just like start up a game of Sega and play it on the regular remote, so it the, works fine.
0: The Fire, you got to explain this to someone who doesn't know. The Fire TV is like the Google Chromecast, where you just play. Yeah. Oh, it's
1: like a little USB stick that you stick into the side of your
0: TV. So are we going to see, like, Netflix and all these streaming services get in the games now?
1: That's why this is so interesting, right? Because it kind of opens that door. Like, because why not do that?
0: I mean, it, uh, I, get, I, get, I can see if you have Netflix on your Xbox or your PlayStation, they can start rolling out their own original content. And then you can just play from your controller.
1: Then it was you definitely like, it. And, it, and I mean... You already know that this is huge business, especially if you want to start, and this is where it gets gross and seedy, and it's probably what's gonna happen in the future, is they'll start rolling out crappy microtransaction games um, just on Netflix. You know, like you'll turn on Netflix and it'll be like play bubble pop panda bash. Mm. Or like, well, we need we need
0: bubble puzzle, puzzle pop panda bash. That's a great, that's an important game.
1: <laughs> All right, well if that gets made, I expect a large check in the mail.
0: But wasn't because uh, wasn't Telltale doing something with Stranger Things before Telltale? R.I.P. R.I.P. Let's pour out some uh, forty ounce for them. I, I, was was that their plan, or was it going to be?
1: Do you know, Video Game Insider? I, I'm not. I'm uh, un- no, I don't have any information on that at all. I know that they were working on something like that, but I I think they actually still might be. Somebody's like trying to revive it or whatever the hell. Uh, but I know I do not know that it was going to be on like Netflix on this service. Okay. But I do think you're going to start seeing that. And I think Sega Classics is way more interesting for what it means for the industry than, like, what it actually is right now. Like, right now, it's just, like, some dumb little thing. In fact, if you have $15, like, go ahead and buy it. Like, why not? Um, But it's not revolutionary. It's revolutionary in the sense that, like, it's opening the door. Like, oh, Amazon is, like, licensing out Segas and just putting it through their streaming service. Like, that's what's crazy about it. Oh, man, what a world we live
0: in right now. I'm, it's about to get really I'm just trying game. to wrap my mind around like who's was sitting around in a biz, uh, board meeting thinking that this was like a good idea. Like, you know, we need some oh, classic Sega bit. games on a Fire TV, <laughs> and which audience are they marketing to? I don't know, losers, I guess. <laughs> nerds. <laughs> nerds, nerds, nerds. I, just, I look good. For, good for Fire TV. <sighs> Good for, if you're playing your Sega games on a Fire TV, congratulations, good for you. But I don't see the point. I don't get it.
1: And it, it yeah, it's, but, it's, dude, we've had this conversation like a hundred times, right? Like, I don't care that it exists. It doesn't mean I have to buy it or care about it. I guess is where I'm at. Like, good for you, I guess. If people want to make it, go for it. I just. If I was going to get into game design, I really cared about being, like, a guy who makes games or, like, a person who, like, wants to tell a story through gaming. I don't think I'd be like, oh, Netflix wants to make, like, a cash grab of one of their series. Oh, sweet. This is my big break. Like, no. The real artists are not going to be doing stuff like that. So who even cares? Yeah, it just seems like
0: it's one of those money grabs that these companies do. But, you know, you can play games everywhere now. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can take your Switch wherever. When Ben Esposito signs up to make, like, the first Netflix game, I don't care. Okay. All right. Steve Gaynor's like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna make a uh, orange
0: is the new black. <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm seriously interested to see if they go there, if they start making like game accompaniments with their like TV shows or like this Disney streaming service, if they're just like, Hey, let's roll out some original games here too. Uh, is who's gonna do
1: it? That's where you would be looking I would
0: doubt it. Do it. You can read comics on your big screen TV with the DC DCEU service or whatever DC service. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it if we see this next. How would I do it? I don't, if you want to do it, but I'm just saying, like, why not make your streaming service a one stop for everything, all your entertainment, get your movies, your yeah, video well, games, your comic books, everything in one stop. That's what's gonna happen, man. Why not? We're all lazy.
1: Why not? I don't. Yeah, I don't want that. That's gross. There's too much. There's too much synergy, man. There's too many wires that are being crossed. I like to be able to turn stuff off.
0: No, you'll never be able to turn stuff off in a couple of years. Something will always yeah. be – well, something – our phones are already always on, but you're always going to be glued into something pretty soon.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to burn all my technology and move into the woods.
0: Have fun. <sighs> the woods are going to have TVs and all the freaking trees pretty soon too. You just wait. You just wait.
1: Like <laughs> they're crossbreeding squirrels and cell phones. <laughs> Like,
0: Every other squirrel is going to have a cell phone inside of it. So you, if you ever lose your cell phone, just go kill a squirrel and pick it up and you have a new one. There we uh, go, go. Already.
1: go outside right now and kill a squirrel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> living in the future, my friend. We're living in the future.
1: Speaking of people who kill squirrels, uh- <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> what a segue. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just finished the last. Um, and I'm late, and I understand that that Celeste came out way early in the year. I think it came out in January, which is insane because yeah. it's just been like increasing in coverage. Celeste is great. It's super, super, super hard. Um, and there were a couple things that were a bit too like millennial for me, like the stupid guy with the selfies and like he doesn't have a job and like whatever. Uh, <laughs> but it was a, it was a really fun take on a serious issue with like depression or uh, I guess maybe you could even call it like bipolar disorder. But for me, I, uh, with anxiety and how it tackled anxiety. was really, really cool. Um, And I just, I wanted to give it a shout out first off for just being an awesome, like, platformer, and the level design is really creative and challenging and awesome in this game. But then also, look, lots of games tackle these types of issues, and a lot of them do it really well. Uh, I wrote an article recently about, um, you know, like, how games often get the blame for violence in the world, and Nobody, nobody ever writes about how they're also a therapeutic device and how important they can be for people with anxiety or depression and how they're actually being used right now um, to help people with PTSD. Uh, I talked to people who did that, you know, who are working on those types of programs. So I just wanted to kind of put spotlight on that and let, I mean, everybody knows this already and anyone who's going to be listening to a video game podcast, I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, But the point is, it's, it's good to celebrate those things and kind of point them out and how Games are a really, really, because they're interactive, right? So it's great to be able to give somebody a sense of control if they're having anxiety. That being said, I died 855,000 times playing Celeste, so that didn't really help.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Celeste is like the perfect example for a game that's dealing with you, helping you calm down, but I, I think you have a good article that's on The Hollywood Reporter right now uh, where you kind of touch on just like how games are used as therapy, and I and I think it's a not only is, is it for us as gamers to use to like deal with like things that are going inside of us, but it's also used for certain developers as a catalyst for dealing with certain things that they have gone through. Uh, I remember that that dragon cancer came out a couple years ago. I can't remember the developer's name, but I know it was the whole story was about him dealing with his uh, loss of his son due to cancer. Uh, and I I, th- I think we, we get a lot of these games coming out. I know um, there are, a couple popular games dealing with the Israeli and Pakistan conflict this year. I just can't think of the names of them right now because those are just not games that I could really like delve into this year. probably, if there's some dead time, I'll probably get into them, but those are heavy things. Um, So, yeah, I I think we see a lot of it. I I think it's just where the medium is at right now. I think, we are seeing a lot more developers taking chances and really starting to see the technology, what they can do with the technology. And it, it can give us games like Celeste. And it can give us games like, what's that game? Um, help me with the name that came out last year that ran all the years that was dealing with the young lady with schizophrenia. Oh, hell,
1: Hellblade. Sent you a sacrifice. Hellblade,
0: yeah. You you can get games like that. You can get games like A Night in the Woods, where the main character was dealing with dissociative uh, dissociative identity disorders. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think developers are maturing. They're older, right. so I think they're they're telling more mature stories. So, I I find I just think it's a good time to be in the medium.
1: Hey, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, this is the thing. I think video games have been grown up for a very long time, Uh, and you know, I always talk about Final Fantasy VII as my favorite game, and it had a grown up story, and it was very complex, and there was a lot going on in it. Uh, There's been a lot of games like that over the last thirty years that have dealt with mature issues, but now it's finally kind of getting the respect that it deserves from other people, and I think it's it's largely what you just said: the people who the people have grown up. You know, it was it's a very young industry in terms of industries go. Uh, maybe not on the internet, but in terms of the rest of the world. Um, so it is kind of growing up around it. It's interesting to me to talk about this subject with you because you work, um, you know, with kids and you work on issues like this a lot. So uh, I imagine that, you know, as a gamer and somebody who works with kids on, you know, mental development and then becoming young adults and being people that I'm going to have to be on the same road with. And (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to be on the road with these kids. Right, they don't want to be on the road with me. I'm not a great driver. Uh, <laughs> well, what's it like? I mean, the, the kids that you have—they must play games, right? Fortnite, <laughs> Call of Duty. I mean, nothing gets to the, the core of the human issue
0: like Fortnite. Well, I think that's the problem. I think there's a stigma and against video games, and we talk about this a little bit that they are violent because a lot of these games that are popular with the youth are are the violent video games. But I think I think if we incorporate video games in the curriculum of schools where we they're learning like these games like a night in the woods where they're dealing with h- hardcore psychological issues or games like I don't th- I don't know if celeste is the perfect example of it because I don't know how you and you know institute it but if you know if you give it for homework and you're like hey do some try to get to this level so we can talk about this topic I, 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 I can see it as elective but it's it's hard to break that stigma from even a lot of my colleagues that try to see games. A lot of them have kids that just see games for the red dead redemptions or just see games for the grand theft autos and don't really see what the whole medium can present as a whole.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's a hard, it's an uphill battle for sure, but it's, it's nice that, um, well, like even,
0: you know, not to interrupt, but like even in your article that you wrote, it's just, there's so many studies about the effects of violence on the, the child's mind. Like, what are the effects on video game? Like what can video games do for empathy? Right. I don't see a lot of studies for that. Like what can video games do for conflict resolution? What can video games do about building resiliency? Because you know, you're dying over and over again and you have to keep going on to a, pursue a certain goal. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you don't see that is important to the development of the youth that are being tested with certain video games, but we we're only focusing on the violence. So I would like to see someone kind of jump into the psychology world and be like, hey, maybe we should see what other what other aspects of childhood that these video games can affect.
1: I'd also add briefly, I mean, like those are behavioral things, which I also – I mean, they're very important. I, I want to see video games explore that thing and people kind of – scholars look at it. But also there's the cognitive side of it too. Uh, and how good it can mm-hmm. be for your brain to play something like a like a Tetris or um, uh, something that's also like Tetris that I can't think of right now because I don't play enough Tetris to make my brain smart.
0: <laughs> Tetris is the only game you can play to make your brain smart.
1: That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> that's it. Eating carrots. Carrots are good for you, right? Yeah. Eating carrots and playing Tetris. I don't know what I'm talking about. Never mind. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm glad we could talk about it because I think it's important uh, and. It, it's a cool parallel for for you and me, uh, based on the two industries that we work in. It's cool, like a little meeting point in the middle, uh, not yeah, just we a- do professionally. And it's a little unfair that we only spent like a couple minutes on it. Maybe it's like something we can explore at a later date. Yeah, um, I, w- I would love to do that. Like do like a longer form podcast. We wear sweaters and it'd be way more serious. We we have uh, have pipes. We you know
0: we smoke we smoke our our Asian tobacco with our legs crossed and our khakis. Yeah,
1: quite indeed. Yeah. hmm
0: Yes. Yes. And, and, and today in the podcast, we're going to talk about... Hey, I can bring in my NPR voice, so
1: we get... <laughs> oh my God. Change our names are like Isaiah and Syracuse <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we're running a little short on time, um, but we covered a lot of topics and I feel like we just gave you enough content to make up for the three months or so that we weren't on. So you're welcome. Everything. La la la. Yeah. And we talked about a lot of... We talked a lot of games today.
0: A lot of games yeah. today
1: on our video game
0: podcast which is good well, it makes sense and we're, we're so is this going to be consistent now are we going to be back
1: consistently we are back on a large part of what this was a the wedding and marriage life um and then b i had just the worst internet in the world like no one had worse internet than me i looked it up but it took forever because i had bad internet but now i have good internet and we are back on because, A, I miss doing this because I like talking to you. And then, B, uh-huh. uh, I mean, that's it, I guess. I don't really need a, <laughs> another reason. Uh, that's why. So we're back. We're back. And not only are we back, but next week is going to be our big year-end event where we celebrate the best games of the year.
0: We're going to have all the Donkey Kong artists on. And everybody's oh. going to be on. Yeah.
1: yeah Donkey Cons of the roundtable.
0: We're going to see how that works. It's going to be a colossal mess.
1: It's going to be a complete disaster. Yeah, so, I think
0: that's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you, everybody, for continuing to listen. Real quick, um, real
0: quick, before you end, what are you playing? What are you playing? Oh, my God, we haven't done that forever. Yeah, what are you playing right now? I'm sorry to I'm sorry to derail oh. your, your
1: exit. I just finished Celeste, like literally like two days ago, and I have started playing Limbo, which I've never played before, and it's kind oh. of just been for a while. Limbo's amazing. Yeah, I'm really into my Switch right now because I can play it on my couch while TV is on because I like to have as many screens on in my house as possible. Well.
0: Marriage stuff, yeah. You got, you know, got to hang out with the wife. I get it. I can sneak my games in. What are you playing, Eddie? Ooh, what am I not playing? A lot of Red Dead Redemption online. Nice. Yeah, what do you think nice. about it online? It's garbage, but I can't pull, my way, pull away from it. There's nothing to do. Uh, no, but,
1: it's like a way more annoying version of like, the regular game
0: yeah and i don't know why i keep playing it but i can't stop so yeah but yeah i'm i'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it because I, I do like the main missions i do like how they have it set up it'll um, get way better as it goes on it's just yeah. like, come on. It, i need a trapper and i need legendary um animals in there and i've been playing hades Supergiant games hades Woo! which is going to be in my top 10 of the year absolutely phenomenal game um, a lot of people are going to be talking about Dead Cells.
1: What
0: you, would what'd you say?
1: Friends of the podcast. They've been on our podcast yes, before.
0: Yes, they were. If you need to listen to an interview about Pyre, go, go listen to it. Early uh, podcast. It
1: was an awesome game and an awesome interview. So. And Hades
0: is an awesome game. So if you have a PC and you want to download the Epic Games Launcher, I would highly recommend you do it. Hades is $10. I am having some of the most fun I've had all year with that game.
1: Love it. Um, as always, let us know, uh, what you want us to talk about, who you would like to hear on the show, or if you just want to say hi to me or Eddie, do it. We'll probably say hi back. Eddie will probably be meaner about it than I am.
0: Hmm, I'm very nice. Yes. Email us at donkeyconartist at com. We do read your emails. I did open up our email for the first time in a couple months. We actually had some emails about the podcast on there, which is very delightful to read. So Thank you for your continued support. Check out the website, donkeyconartist.com. Follow us on Twitter, Donkey Con Artist, Donkey Con Artist, Donkey Con Artist. I can't say it enough.
1: We're happy to be back. We love you guys.
0: Yeah, we're like the reboot. We're like a Bumblebee reboot. So Share the check out.
1: Eddie is (laughs) Haley (laughs) not Yes. Yes, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Love you. Bye. Hi, Earl. Hi, Earl.